You're listening to Modded. And on today's episode, we have Wyatt Funk. Recently met him at a car show down in San Diego. And what's interesting about him is that he drives a car that not many people would, I guess, would start with in the super platform you drive, a GF wagon. So uh, Wyatt, tell us about you know where you're from and then what made you choose that car over all the other Impreza models. Um, so my name is Wyatt. Uh, I live in Fullerton, California. Um, the reason I chose the GF wagon, uh, basically, so here's a little backstory. My first, my first Subaru was a GC two-door, so the coupe. Um, in America, people get crazy. They, they go by the GM chassis code, but in Japan, they're all GC. So um, that was my first car. And, you know, I, I did a engine swap on that and um, it was kind of just a learning curve. I, I did a lot of things that I couldn't go back on. Like I cut the firewall for a different dashboard that I was putting in. Um, and yeah, so that was my first Subaru and I always liked the first gen Imprezas. So I eventually sold that car and I went probably 10 hours without owning a, a GC or GF chassis car. And I, I just realized I couldn't do it. So I just went on Craigslist and found the cleanest first gen Impreza that I could find. And it happened to be a wagon. Um, and yeah, I just went for it. That was like the only, like the only reason. What started you with Subaru? You told me that your dad has some car background. Was he the one that influenced you? Um, yes and no. I was, I think what got me into cars and what got me into Subaru was just seeing like, I live pretty close to a Subaru dealership, so I always drove by and saw like the WRX and the STI. I always loved World Rally Blue when I was young. Um, and then I, I also played a lot of Gran Turismo 3 um, when I was super young. Um, and my favorite cars and for the rally was Subaru. Um, so I kind of always knew that I wanted a Subaru, um, but I didn't really know anything about them. Uh, I had no idea what a first generation Impreza was. I, I didn't know what a bug eye was at all. The only thing I ever knew was the Hawkeye, um, the 0607, um, WRX and STI. And that almost became my first car. But one day I was just on YouTube and I saw one of Matt Farah's videos where he compared, um, Irvin's gray coupe and then James Golly's blue coupe um those are both both first gen impreza and from that video that that was before i got my coupe and i just knew that i had to have one you know it just it was just pure i guess so you went in deep to i guess looking into the history after that and acquiring some pretty unique parts for your car and then even taking some trips that were kind of focused around uh, the subaru community so how did that begin? Um, like which trip? Like, because you were in Hong Kong recently, right? Yeah. So that that was actually just coincidence. Actually, um, I was on a family vacation, and um, it occurred to me that there there were a lot of first gen Impreza owners all around the world. I don't know why it occurred to me later in the trip because when we landed in Hong Kong, that was kind of later in our 
Cruz. Um, but I don't know. It just it just came up in my brain, and I was like, okay, let's see if I could reach out to these guys because, I mean, some of them might speak English. I don't know. Everywhere else we've been in Asia, like there's like a percentage of people that speak English, and even then, like the Google Translator has gone so far. So um, I just I typed something up in Cantonese, and I had a friend translate it for me better than Google could, and then I did English as well, and I just posted on the. Um, GC8 owners page on Facebook and I had this guy named Lobi um, reach out to me and he said he asked me hey how long are you going to be in port for because we were on a you know we were on a cruise ship um, and I just told him we started talking for a while and he said he's like okay <clears throat> can I meet you at the port tonight and I'm like sure yeah like that'd be awesome. Are you going to bring friends or like what's going on? He's like, he's like, yeah, I, I have called out to all the GC eight owners in Hong Kong and, um, we're going to take you to dinner and, um, maybe do a, a car meeting. I think he's, he's, the wording was totally different. Like he, this guy barely spoke. He, he spoke probably the most English out of most of the people there, but his English was very broken down. So the way he worded it was kind of funny. He was like, we are going to have car meeting, something like that. And then I was like, well, that sounds awesome. I think I know what he means, but either way to get picked up by some car enthusiasts in a foreign country was awesome. So I said, sure. Yeah. Pick me up at this time. I told him where to pick me up and, uh, he came through and it was pretty wild. He picked me up from the port. Um, he actually showed up in a right-hand drive. Um, I think it was a Mark VI Golf GTI, six-speed. Um, super luxurious. So that was kind of funny. I, w I was expecting him to come in a GC8, but he had told me later on that his was not running. Um, so he picked me up, and he took me to this garage in, like, middle of downtown Tokyo. Or, I mean, not Tokyo. <laughs> downtown Hong Kong. Um, and uh, so we pulled up there, and there was... A, there was one white GC8 um, that was parked there. I didn't know whose it was because I, I didn't really have much backstory then. And then in the garage that was there, there was a Evo 3, which was pretty cool to look at. It was a gray Evo 3. Um, so he stayed there for a little bit and waited for the owner of the GC8 to come up. His name was Teddy. Um, so then we hopped in Teddy's car and we drove to... We kind of drove a little bit more inland in Hong Kong and we got, we ended up getting dinner. Um, and then when we got to the dinner place, like we pulled into the parking lot, there was like six other GC8s in the parking lot. Um, so that was cool. It kind of blew my mind a little bit, but I had no idea what to expect. Like this is just kind of going for it. I went out alone in a foreign country. I had no self service or nothing, but you know, I just trust these people. They're like, first-gen Impreza owners. I don't know. There's just like a trust that I had with them. Um, so we had dinner. It was awesome. Met a bunch of other owners. Um, and then we, from the dinner meeting, we, we all hopped in our cars and we did like, like this awesome freeway run. Like we all got in the cars and we were just, just blasting down the freeway in Hong Kong. Um, which was just exhilarating. I was sitting on the, the left-hand side of this car and it was just the weirdest feeling. I've been in a few right-hand drive cars, but 
like going that fast just ripping through traffic in a right-hand drive car when you're sitting in the passenger seat it's just surreal like it was it was awesome so that we we drove on the freeway and we went to this parking garage um i think it was like eastern in in hong kong so we went we went east and then yeah we just set up the the six of us and then just one after another like gc8s just pulled into the parking lot and i think we got up to like man i I think we had like 25 people show up just because i was there he he called all every single owner that he knew he called them and told them hey there's an american gc8 enthusiast here you guys got to come out and they all did and it was amazing so that's like the hong kong trip in a nutshell (laughs) that's pretty awesome man what was um you know seeing all that did that influence you um into putting certain parts on your car or changing certain things certain things about it yeah i i would say so um i think that the style difference in hong kong or asia as compared to what we have here in the u.s is just different um their style there was more like clean oem um they'd have they had a lot of authentic wheels like every single car there um except for i think one or two had authentic wheels whether they're advan rays um rays volk um oz or oz i don't know what that one's i don't know what people pronounce that as but everything there was just it just had more of like an authentic sense um and then the arrow on the cars like the the body kits the bumpers the the spoilers everything was just real like and you could just see the quality difference in the taste that they had um and yeah i would definitely say that influenced where i am with my car now um i have spent a lot of money once i got back from that trip that i don't think i would have spent having not gone so let me ask you because i feel this way when i go to japan or when i look at pictures of the cars in japan to me they look better over there and not just the parts that they have on there but being in that background in that situation in that city wherever that may be they look better do you think that that's true for the cars in hong kong (sighs) yeah i would say so yeah i mean it just they all match the environment that they're in and it's awesome and i think uh they do try to make things stand out and they do like american style there um but the real enthusiast stay true to what who they are and that's something that's pretty awesome and it definitely influenced how my car has been styled i mean i my car recently had 18s on it and it just drove me crazy because when i was in hong kong everybody had 16s or 17s on their gc8s and it just looked proper and there's just like you look at it and you're like okay that's that's right when i got home i looked at my car and it had 18s on it the tires were rubbing and it was just I just hated it. I was like, man, this has to change. So that's why the most recent uh, wheels that I put on are 17s. And I'm never looking back. Like, it's just perfect now. So, yeah. Now, you've got some pretty unique parts on your car now. Well, you did a swap. Tell us about the swap that you have on there. Yeah. So currently, um, I have a 05 STI swap. Um, and I did the I did the full swap. I did um, 
front and rear subframes, lateral links, control arms, even the gas tank we did. Um, so that's all done. The drivetrain is the six speed. Um, it has working DCCD. Um, shout out to iWire for doing that for me. Um, Cause that's pretty awesome. If not, it would just be like locked in like 80% rear wheel drive and you'll never get power down. Um, and so that's cool. Uh, rear diff is an R180 um, STI drive shaft. The motor is a EJ257. Um, when I got it from the donor car, it had bent valves. The timing belt had jumped off because one of the cam gears broke. It was like a front end collision. So I, I bought a, a totaled STI. That's how I got all the parts. Um, but we, I sent the heads off to out front and had them rebuilt, new valves, new retainers, springs, all that stuff. And it, it runs great. The motor is the one thing in the car that's been perfect. I've had a bunch of other bugs, but the motor has been perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's the drivetrain on the car right now. There's like some light mods on there. I think it's got a NVIDIA downpipe. It's catalyst three inch. And, um, I recently just got an Apexi or apex i i don't know how people say it um i got the cat back uh it's three inch it has a resonator in it um and i think it's like a four inch tip which is pretty cool it sounds great um and then other like basic things like a short ram intake um and then recently i just got from you i got the uh was that the gr intercooler the top mount which is like the biggest OEM intercooler you can get for top mount cars. So that's about it for drivetrain. And then you have the unique components, like the rare stuff that people seek. So you've got the Ganadors on there. Yep, yep. I have the the Ganador Super Mirrors, or, which are pretty, pretty cool. I just got the new lenses from you, so I don't have any cracked lenses on there. They are right-hand drive mirrors, so I, I really can't see anything out of them. Don't tell anybody. Dude, I can tell you the convex ones are still awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't you don't buy Ganadors to to actually use your mirror. For sure. I'm sorry. Like, For sure. It's just unless you have a right-hand drive car, even in a right-hand drive car, they're they're so small where yeah. you, you you really can't see a whole lot. Oh, I put my OEM back um, while I was getting them rehydro dipped. Yeah. And I was like, these are gargantuan yeah, compared you, to those things. I was like, there's so much visibility. I, I can't see in front of me. I got this huge mirror in the yeah. way. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I had the, the Prova convex glass on those. Oh, man. And it was like so much visibility. I feel like you've like, got towing mirrors on there. Yeah, you do. And, <laughs> and then I'm just like, what am I doing to myself? Inner this is all, in any this is all for looks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, but I get you. And then you have two pretty rare strut bars. You got the Ganador and the Cusco. Yeah. Uh, okay, so bars. I actually just sold the Ganador strut tower bar. Um, and the reason for that is because it doesn't clear the new intercooler mm -hmm. that I just got. Um, but I do right now, I have a Cusco titanium mm -hmm. um, tower bar. And that one is actually arguably more rare than the Ganador bar. Um, I've seen probably five or six Ganador bars come up. I've only seen two Cusco titanium bars for the GC8 in existence. I, you, could, you could find the, the GD um, and maybe GR ones because Cusco is still in business, you know. They're just, yeah, Cusco, the, those are pretty common. They still make them, but mm -hmm. for GC parts, or they, they actually fit on SF and I believe first-gen legacy as well, um, you just, you never see the titanium braces. You see the blue and the, 
the blue aluminum ones all the time, but um, yeah, the t the titanium one is just ultra rare. That's a pretty cool piece. And then you have the billions. Um, the power steering. Power steering yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that one was cool. I I just recently found out about that. A buddy of mine was showing me one that he was selling, and I'm like, dude, I have to have that. And uh, yeah, so I bought that from him. It's just an al aluminum like a high polished aluminum power steering tank with uh like a blue anodized cap but for some reason it's just super rare <laughs> yeah and that it brings me to one of the reasons why i wanted to have uh, this interview with you today and just have a general discussion so recently there has been some nonsense you could call it going on in one of the pages that you and i follow on facebook yeah. that deals specifically with rare um rare jdm parts or actually think just rare parts in, just in general, in general yeah. for automotive um and so one guy came up on there the other day and he said i'm making these radiator shrouds as tribute pieces to arc abbey road company or yeah. arc as people yeah. call it so they were essentially going to be a replica and with the replica he was still i think going to put the badge on there saying yes he was going to put a badge that if if it didn't say ARC on it, it was going to be the same size badge and then some sort of custom decal mm -hmm. on there. Mm -hmm. But the welding and the the shape of the part that he was going to make was was identical to the the real yeah. ARC. So he was calling them tribute pieces and yeah. then selling them, not for I mean almost to the same cost of the actual ARC part. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, I think more than what the ARC part cost retail, because what we're paying now for ARC is, you know, that's that's another story. But yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna he's selling them for more than what they cost new, and it's mm. and it brought up a big big point of discussion. I think last I checked, there were like a hundred and thirty comments on that on that post. So I did a little bit of research on uh, Abbey Road Company, and they had, I think, gone out of business uh, 2011, 2012, and then they yeah. resurfaced recently, but they stopped making the titanium parts, yeah. which brought the prices now of, a, of an arc um, radiator shot, no, pulley cover yeah, to the, about... Yeah, it's the alternator. Yeah, alternator yeah. cover to about 450 on average is what we're seeing, yep. right? yeah. So people always say that you're paying for a name when it comes to a lot of JDM parts. And this rare stuff is really just for seeing points. Yeah. But when you look at an ARC part, you can see, especially the titanium ones, you can see the quality that's yeah, there. It's fantastic quality. It's all handmade. It's genuine Japanese craftsmanship. So I guess we could start with, you know, defining what a rare part is, is, you know, easily something that's not made anymore mm -hmm. or it comes at a price point to where it's uh, for an exclusive few that are willing to pay yeah. top dollar yeah. for it. would you agree that that's kind of what we're talking about yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's still rare parts too that are being made like like say lawn sport or mm -hmm. i don't even know how you say that either there's a lot of things that you just read online you don't know how to pronounce it but yeah lawn sport for instance they still make wide body parts they still make you know body kits but those are made in japan and to ship those here is incredibly expensive. So those I would classify as a rare JDM part. But yeah, you're pretty much spot on with um, where we are with what it, what classifies a part as rare and 
like a rare JDM part. What did you think when you saw that post? Because I saw what you commented, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, my, my comment was pretty basic. I think I just said, like, no or something yeah. like that. Nope. Uh, nope, or, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I mean, he could be using his skills to make something that could end up being a rare part in mm -hmm. the future, but instead he's just replicating something and... I don't know that it even devalues it. It, it. Um, I don't know what it, if it devalues it. It kind of does. It kind of doesn't. But it just kind of seems like a waste. I mean, these people are in this page that we're in to find authentic JDM rare parts. That's what the whole point of their group was. Um, so when I when I see people post replicas, like there's a Russian dude in in the pages right now that. I've gone back and forth with that's just knocking off body kits. He's knocking off charge speed. He's knocking off Voltex, um, trial, um, just zero sports, everything. You name it, he's knocking it off. And that just, to me, I, I just think it's unacceptable. He's making money off of somebody else's design um, where he could be making his own kits and be legitimately making money and using his skill to do something like authentic because i mean these people are talented like there's no doubt about it but it's just kind of like a loophole or like like cutting corners like these are already designed parts there's there's a market for them they're rare um but you're just knocking it off and making it a replica i i, I don't support it like i don't there's not i wish i had more to say about it i'm trying to put words to how i feel about it but it's no, it's tough. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I've taken a couple trips to Japan now, and I've been fortunate enough to have been able to visit some of the major shops out there, um, specifically like Varus, and I see it time and time and again that people will refer to Varus as something that's just a name. There's nothing kind of behind it, yeah. other than it has yeah, good fitment that. quality and things that. like that, right? Yeah. But... I've, I've been there and I've spent hours there looking at them make these parts yep. and there is an extreme attention to detail when it comes to this. You're not paying for a body kit. You're, yeah. in my opinion, you're paying for a piece of art. It's hand fabricated art. Mm -hmm. These are, these are genuine artists that you're dealing with and they're spending a lot of time. There are apprentices there that they're teaching to continue this stuff. Like they've been Absolutely. making kits and fiberglass components for near three decades, if not more. They started out making fiberglass parts for boats and now continue to aero parts. And you see the skill that they that they have when it comes to this. They're there during the busy season from seven in the morning to midnight. That's what they told me and then wow. beyond. When it comes, especially crunch time to auto salon season, they're there in some of the worst conditions because it gets b below freezing over there yeah like yeah, it, I'm sure. it, it's in the mountains it's in the middle of nowhere hard to get to mm -hmm. it's cold there's just some electric heaters that are there which i'm a little bit worried about because they're next to some chemicals that they're using <laughs> right yeah. so it's craftsmanship it's genuine yeah. craftsmanship that you're you're paying for and it i hate it because it's one of the most replicated companies out there right now yeah, especially is. especially the rear spoiler yeah. You know, the rear hatchback spoiler. Which I want to say you have. Okay. I have a Voltex one. Okay, you have a Voltex. Because I saw how many of them were replica, and I could easily say that 95% of those spoilers that are on hatchbacks right now are replicas. Yeah. Easily. So 
I don't like the fact that you're taking design, like you said, right, and you're just making it cheaper because you know that there's a market for it and people will will pay. Yeah, and you the another thing that's not really thought about is like the price that you're paying for. You're not paying for just a name. You're paying for the research and development that went into this, and sometimes that is more expensive than you'll ever pay for a price, like or like for a part. Uh, the research and development that goes into building carbon fiber arrow pieces for boats, for for cars, for planes, like that's expensive stuff. And then not only that, then you have all these different pieces. Like, how do you think they make them? They don't just mold them like clay in their hands. They have to make these molds for them. So these huge molds, they have to be designed and built. Um, and then for you to just take, borrow one of those parts. I don't know how people are getting their hands on them some day, these days, but like they just take that part, they make a crappy version of their, that mold. And you're not going to replicate the quality of an, an OEM or authentic mold. What people are usually doing is just making a mold out of like foam or clay and then that's how they're making these replica parts. So you're going to get like air bubbles in the finish and just the shape's not going to be perfect. But all this to say, like, you're not just paying for a name. Like, there's a lot behind the scenes. Like, the, the countless hours that these people are putting in to build parts. For people to make replicas of that as a side gig just in their garage, um, it just sucks, man, because you're ripping off years of research and development and find and just like brainstorming and designing and just in minutes you're just gonna rip that off and sell it as your own it's it's a bummer yeah and, and to even call it a tribute you can't do that it's like insulting yeah it's it's insulting it, it really is that's a good word to put in it is insulting and, uh, and you bring up another thing that people forget about is that you're not paying for something that's that's been fabricated through automation, some robot yeah. or something's making it. These are people. There are people yeah. behind every single yeah. one of these components that are busting their ass so that we can have these parts. All of this stuff for VARS, let's say, is from one warehouse. Yeah. And they produce parts for every single car that's ever come out of there all over the world. Yeah. And it's these guys that are grinding it out every single day so that we can have these parts. And for you to take away, it means literally money from their pocket is what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't want to get sidetracked, but it's the same thing with replica wheels. Mm-hmm. Rhoda will call their wheels tribute to like the TE37, which I own. Um, the authentic version, not of Rhoda. Um, they, they call those wheels tribute wheels when really like they took a TE37. They mold, they took like a mold copy of that and then just started making it out of like cast aluminum like the cheapest stuff you can get mm-hmm. that's how the all these replica wheels start out um i know rhoda has safe wheels nowadays i don't i still do not recommend putting those on your car but you see all these other companies like like esr adohan barstow and like all these other replica wheel companies it's the same thing they're just taking money out of the pocket of of Ray's, Advan, Yokohama, um, work, um, all that. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And I wish, especially for the younger generation that's going into car modifying and for the future, that we, we keep this in mind. Because I think it's something that is instilled 
in you, you know, from very, very young. Meaning, like, don't, you know, don't go ahead and rip people off. Like, pay, pay the money that these people have earned for whatever it is that you have, you know, a watch or a shoe, anything else. Like, pay for the quality. Like, you yeah. know what you're paying for. So, is there anything, I guess, that you could, having been modifying for for a little bit of time now, is there anything that you would want to tell people? Um, I'd say take your time. I mean, these car projects, man, a lot of people just burn out quick, and I did it on my first car. You, 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 have, you have more time than you think. Uh, take your time. You don't have to make your car look good on cheap coilovers and replica wheels just so you can make show season next year. Make it in three years from now. But do it, do it authentically because it's just right. I mean, you, you will not regret it. You will, you're you're gonna look at your car with replica wheels and and eBay coilovers five years from now, um, assuming that you do wisen up. Uh, you're gonna look back on that and be like, man, that's what a shame. I was supporting that type of company that just knocked off designs. Like, I can't believe I went through that. But just take your time because. You're gonna if you are truly passionate about this industry and your your car as a personal project, just go slow and do it right. Cause honestly, like OEM wheels and suspension are gonna be so much safer for the time being. And just work on all the other bugs on your car. They're, these, especially if you're an older into older cars like me, um, these cars require nearly every single part to be replaced in the time span that you own the car usually any first or second generation impreza has over a hundred thousand miles on it mine personally has three hundred thousand miles on it but yeah i mean you any car that you're going to buy like that nearly every bushing or suspension component is going to have to be replaced so spend your money there like don't don't jump into it like just slam it on coilovers and put fake wheels on it like that's just we're gonna reflect you're gonna hate that in the future and then those are the cars that just get sold um on craigslist like the next week or after you go to your first car meet and you realize man this is not this is not what i signed up for like i hate this car it rides like crap i'm gonna buy a bmw um just take your time that's probably the the only thing i could say um another thing would be to like watch who's influencing you because if the the cars that you see and the cars that you look up to have a huge impact on what you want your car to look like it's like how i was when i went to hong kong or when i started following owner like first gen and present owners from japan like my style over the years has changed dramatically because i just didn't know where to look a lot of people just have no idea where to look where to start like what is style what is auto styling like you you just got to figure out like your roots i guess i would say man you, you could just talk about it for hours but i want to just keep it short like yeah take no. your time <laughs> and we could have the discussion about real and fake parts for hours for sure honestly yeah later, yeah could. but i mean i appreciate what you said taking the time with me today to learn more about your car and have the discussion because it was something that was was bugging me and i had to talk to somebody about it get your opinion on it totally um as the time goes on as your car develops we can sit down in the future and talk and see yeah. how it basically uh becomes what you want it to be becomes your goal absolutely so, thanks man yeah of course thanks for having me